What's up, y'all? I'm Dr. Craig Walid, your host here on the Prison to Promise podcast, where I explore strategies formerly incarcerated people use to build a life of promise and avoid a return to prison. On this episode, I'm joined by James Smith. Yo, James is a wonderful brother, y'all. When James got out of prison in 2016, he was lost. Nobody returned his call when he reached out for help from a reentry program. So instead, James's sister, wife, and church members coasted him through the changes he desperately needed and wanted. Today, he works as a community inclusion specialist for the Alliance of Disability Advocates, North Carolina, helping other men and women rejoin the community after incarceration. Tune in as James talks about how he transitioned from a life of crime, drugs, and incarceration, and how he now uses some of the same keys to help others transition out of the penitentiary to a respectable place in their community. In this episode, James drops heavy and insightful jewel after jewel. Don't want to miss it. Now let's go. Yo, I'm excited to be here with you today, James. Me too, me as well. Yo, man, thanks for joining me. Yeah, this is a uh, this is an honor and a pleasure, dear brother. Thank um, you. Yeah, and I've heard uh, really amazing things about you and about your journey. You know, we've all taken similar journeys, um, but yours yeah. has been remarkable, man. Yes, man. Maybe just. Moving forward, man, um, we can just start out by you um, introducing yourself, man, to the listeners, telling them who you are um, and where you're from. My name is James Smith. I'm from Robeson County, North Carolina. It's a very poverty square county. It's in um, the city I was brought up in is in Lumberton. Um, I met my wife in 2016 when I got out of prison and I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. So now I reside in Raleigh, and I'm enjoying myself. Um, me and my wife, family, have four kids. Uh, one is 21, one 18, one's four, and one 16. So okay. that's that's me in a in a nutshell. That's dope, man. Um, so yeah, it's uh, great to hear from you. And um, how much time did you do, man? I know you said when you got out of prison and when you moved. Yeah, I know, and I I started when I was like fourteen, mm-hmm. so it was kind of in and out until I was sixteen, mm-hmm. I mean, until I turned until two thousand sixteen. Mm-hmm. So that's made I'm forty three now, two thousand sixteen. That's seven years ago, so probably around I'm thirty six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was thirty six years old, I got out. The most I did consecutively was six years. Mm-hmm. Um, in and out. I'd never been free. I say three years. I never. I'm longest time I've been free now since I got out in 2016. So from 1999, I've been in and out of prison until mm-hmm. 2016. But the longest consecutive sentence I I did was uh six years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, dig it, man. And six years is a, is a 
big bang of time oh, yes. to do consistently. And even, you know, since you were 14 to you like 40, you said 46? Yeah, 36. 36. And now I'm 43. So from 2016 to now, it's been the longest time since mm -hmm. my juvenile years that I have not been incarcerated. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And what would you say has kept you out of prison? Um, You know, I have a prayer life, you know, I'm... Uh, I am a minister, I'm a, mm -hmm. my wife, my support. Um, and also, you know, I have been exposed to a lot of different opportunities and things in my nature that I wasn't exposed to as I was growing up in the youth. So, yeah. then, you know, kind of career, I didn't know I knew backfields, um, manufacturing plants and things of that nature. But when I met my wife, you know, I got exposed to different um, ways of living, different things that, hey, you can do more than what you've been brought up to know you knew drugs, I knew drugs and I knew the crime, but it's other ways to make money, easy money. And I didn't have to work hard. I didn't have to work at the plant because, you know, I grew up with this perception. I have to work hard from paycheck to paycheck. So everybody like, hey, the outlet was to sell drugs. So um, that's what really happened. Being exposed, I think what ha has helped me the most is being exposure, you yeah. know, exposure, not only to different things, but to different people. Yeah, they really like. Hey, we'll help you. They look past my, and I thought people held, held me accountable. But I got around the right people. That hey, even my wife, she's clinical research. She has a master's degree. I told her about my past, and she said, "I won't hold that against you. I believe everybody deserves a second chance." Mm -hmm. So I was like, "Man, I, I seen how successful she was. She was yeah. very successful." Yeah. And I'm getting out of prison, so I'm like, "Man, come on!" So it's like I think that was. um and being around the right people, man. I, I, when I got out this time, the Lord blessed me to be around some people that was very business, they own businesses, very, you know, and I got exposure and they just, hey, but um, they say, well, hey, do this right here. I think this would be something good for, you know, took their advice. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I was like, well, this would be different. Right? I won't be selling drugs, but I can make this much money. I won't have to. I work my back and do all this hard work. Yeah. Hey, I might need to look into this stuff. So yeah. I just took that advice and ran with it. That's dope, man. And um, you know, you said a couple of things that um I think are consistent with so many of us who find ourselves in prison too. And one, uh, when you first talked about um yourself, you know, you talked about coming up um in a county or town that was a had a high poverty rate. And so I think about a lot of us who end up in prison. We come from um, backgrounds, communities, neighborhoods, families um, where poverty is oftentimes prevalent and it's always there, you know. So that makes me think that, you know, the deeper problem is poverty. It's not the individual. It's not the mm -hmm. family. It's the violence of poverty and not having yes. access to stuff. And part of that access is what you also talked about, which was exposure to broader ideals, broader opportunities, more than just these things that are going to keep me stuck in this cycle of poverty, mm -hmm. addiction, et cetera, et cetera. And so you being able to get connected with the right resources, you know, I don't know what they say about, I did prison in, in up north, so I don't know if they got the same sayings down, down south in prisons. But one of the things they used to talk about, and I really took to heart, was people, places, and things. You know, you got to watch the people, places, and things yes. bring into your life. 
And it sounds like you began changing the people, places, and things. And that's what helped you to move forward in your life and do a lot better. Yes. But yes. one of the things is, is, and you can help me confirm this or deny it or shoot it down or raise it up. But the, despite whatever good people, places, and things that might be um, around, if you're not ready for them, or if you're not looking for them, or you're not open to them, how helpful or how good is that? Oh, yes. Now, that was that. That's the main thing. I, I think I had did so much. I'm like, I'm ready for change. And I think, um, and I, 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 I think I was ready for change at the right time. I was ready for change, but I had people there that was receptive. And I think I have had people in the past, but I wasn't ready. It was still some more stuff I wanted to do because I would tell myself, I want to do this, man. I got to make this much money. I'm going back to hang with. I got to do this. But that last time I said, man, I'm done. I said, you know what? I just need some help. You know, I, I don't want to go back to that life anymore. I really want change. And I believe um, if anybody openly say that and you get to, you know, get to know them and you tell them, hey, you know, they get to understand. I didn't, I didn't feel like forced to tell anyone. It was just that the conviction behind it, I was ready to change my life. I was ready to do something better. And I believe right with what you said. Now, that was the, and then I just had the right people in place. But when I made up in my mind, you know, and then you got some people that can do the same thing, but then they don't have the people, you know, have the help outside of that. But um, I'm glad that I had both. I was muted. Yeah. I was okay. like, yeah, that makes it a lot easier. You know, mm -hmm. when you got the right people and you got the right attitude, it makes me think about when I used to be on the weight pile out in the in the yard in the penitentiary. Yeah. You know, I wanted to lift them weights, and as soon as, yeah. as soon as the bell rung, I was out in the yard on the weight pile. And sometimes I get up under some weights that I ain't had no business being up under, but I had some spotters. Spotters. And them spotters helped me move that weight till I could move it myself. And as I got Self, a wow. chance to move it myself, I started getting thicker, stronger, more capable. And so mm -hmm. as you know, I'm thinking about the people in our lives. You know, when we come out of penitentiary um, and we're facing the world, that's like overwhelming weight, pressure. I'm mm -hmm. not sure how to navigate this thing. But when I got good people in my life, those people are like them spotters. You know, mm -hmm. and they help me navigate through life. They help me navigate through this world that I ain't been in a minute. Help me make sense of my thoughts, moving the oh. weight, you know, so that then eventually mm -hmm. I can do it on my own and I don't, I don't need no spotters, you know. Yeah, that's... that's dope what you talked about. So thanks for taking me there too, man. You yes, know? sir. Yeah, it's really great, man. So was there like something special that happened that made you say, look, man, I'm done with this lifestyle. I got to change. Or did it just happen? I mean, like, what, what took place? No, it just, um, change? it just, what happened to me, I really got, I got in the church and, um, I got in the church and, um, I had a, you know, I, I was, I was Muslim. I was five percenter. I did Jehovah Witness and I was prison. I did everything, you know. So you were searching. Yeah, I was searching, I was searching, and then um, I never had nothing about Jesus or nothing, all that stuff. I ain't never had no experience. But um, on that last time they got me in 2016, I was screwing out on drugs bad. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I know my mama used to always be, I said, I can't have a life without these drugs. Mm-hmm. So I just fell one day and I was praying. I was like, Jesus, if you're real, you know, I, I take these drugs. I was just praying because that was mm-hmm. the only thing I had knew. And they say, you know, man, I, I came up and it was gone. I got out of prison. It was guys with drugs. Mm-hmm. They had drugs around me. It was like I never did. It, it was like a miracle. I've heard the people say miracles, mm-hmm. but it was a miracle. It was like, and I was around. They was like, man, you clean. You don't get high, no? I said, man, I, I, it was like the desire was gone. <laughs> it, was a real, mm-hmm. it was like I, I would look at it and it was just like, it was just, it was just gone. And then I was like, I got some hope now because mm-hmm. that kept me cycling. Getting high, I used to hustle, then I started getting high. Mm-hmm. And when I, that kept me cycling. And I, I looked at I had kids. I said, you know what? I won't be productive to nobody. And I can't kick the habit. I went to NA, I went to rehab. I went in there and I couldn't kick the habit. And I'm mm. like, man, I just like, there's a high power, whoever. Mm. I need some help. Who, who can yeah, take this, yeah, who can take this away from me? Because I'm like, and I seen, I saw I'm going to end up dying out here. I saw mm. I'm going to end up dying out here. I said, I got, I need some help. Yeah. Next thing I know, I mean, one day, I don't know, it was just, it was just gone. I can't remember how it happened. But it was then I got around and people getting high. I got out of prison. I got a job. I was paying a guy twenty dollars a day to take me to work. So mm. they'd be getting high, starting doing cocaine, doing this. The only way I had to work before I met my wife, mm-hmm. and they was like, "You don't want none." I'd be like, "Nah." And to the point, they was like, "Man, they know me because they knew my history." They said, "Man, this, he." They said, "Man, you gonna change for real?" And eventually, while them while I'm going to work and the guys picking me up and I'm riding with them, they stopped get, doing it around me, mm. and I was, you know. I wasn't pressing them. I was just like, hey, and it wasn't a thought. It wasn't a desire. It was like I never. And since then, I've been, I've been able to be able to sustain some stuff. You know, I still, you know, I still got things I deal with. But when it comes to this normal human people deal with stuff, but that yeah. part of my life, mm-hmm. it was a miracle. Because I couldn't go forward with it, with being a, a, a addict, addicted yeah. to drugs like that. Yeah, I couldn't go forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. And a couple of things I'm I'm coming away from this with, and one is that we all need help. Mm-hmm. And though we might have the answers inside of us, sometimes we just can't tap into it. So we have mm-hmm. to go outside of ourselves. And sometimes then you drop the word um, to a higher power. You know, mm-hmm. higher power might look different to each of us, but sometimes we got to go outside ourselves to something. <laughs> ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> We can't do it on our own. We can't do it. We can't yeah. do it. No matter how big, brolic we are, how smart mm-hmm. we are, how beautiful, sophisticated we are, yeah, we need help. And I think the we strength, help, man. the strength is in realizing we need help too. And mm-hmm. it breaks, you know? Oh yeah, and I, and I was at that breaking point. Mm-hmm. I was at that. I realized that man, I need help. And I know everybody's sincere. I went to psychiatrists, therapists. Everybody was sincere with trying to help me get off of it. Mm-hmm. But I said. It was like I was suppressed, mm. and it was more suppression. But when it when it was taken away from me, mm-hmm. I can get around. It wasn't so I'm like, man. So I'm glad. I'm glad that's what happened to me. Then. I hope some other people hear this. Really, I hope folks hear. If nothing else, we talk about. I hope they hear this piece right here because it's so powerful. And another piece that you dropped in here that you probably don't even realize you said is, "I had hope." And without hope, man it's really difficult to, to accomplish or to overcome or to be successful. And so having that hope 
you know, and hope is really this action word, I believe, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, I can't have hope if I don't have something to work towards and I have to work towards something, you know, mm -hmm. without that something to work towards or work on, it's like, what do I build my hope on? What I build my hope on, yes, wow. And you were talking about, look, man, I need to be successful out here. I got kids out here. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sure just the pain of going in and out of prison and addiction was mounting up on you, too. Yes, it was mounting up. I seen my end, and I was like, man, if there's a higher power, so I need I need some help. I need some deliverance. Because I seen my end, mm -hmm. and my kids were suffering. My kids mm -hmm. were suffering tremendously, but it was nothing that I could do to help him, even when I tried. Mm -hmm. Once I revert back to my youth, I will binge. So mm -hmm. I'm going three or four. So it's like, it was kind of hurting. It was hurting them. So, mm -hmm. and I was like, man. And then once I got delivered, I was like, man, I had hope now. I had something. And that was, to this day, man, that was a miracle. Because I, I was, I mean, I had a gun. I was about to rob this guy. Came, I think I was about to kill this guy. Mm -hmm. And I never did that. But drugs will take you will out there. And Absolutely. I was like, man, but for some reason, they didn't go down. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, something's going to happen out here. I'm mm -hmm. like, dang, I done went so far, I couldn't get out. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, man, I got to, <laughs> I need some real help. Mm -hmm. And when they locked me up, then I, I prayed, and when I got out, mm -hmm. it was gone. I'm like, hey, since then, man, I just can't keep going. <laughs> yeah, man. This life is sweet, I see the guys yeah. I see the guys and keep it moving. Yeah. Hey, y'all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I believe that we have to use our lives as a testament and we don't necessarily have to go preach to guys and witness mm -hmm. to guys and give them our testimonies. But those folks who know us or who knew us, they yeah. see us. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they start hearing about us. And they're like, yeah. well, he was one of us. Yeah, yeah. So like, well, yeah. what did, what did he do? You know, Dude, and the hope yeah. is that we can pull a few over just by our examples. Just by our example. Yeah, save some of our brothers, man. Brothers, yeah. yeah. So just being in that relationship. I have, I have a lot of brothers. I just have relationships that knew me. Mm -hmm. And I, I, they're squinching just by having a relationship with me through mm -hmm. my past and mm -hmm. because of my past. So, And I don't try to force nothing on them. I just have that relationship. Mm -hmm. And just let you know, just have the relationship. So whatever whatever they're going through, if they come to me, I can be. They know that hey, I done been there, and I ain't got nothing for love. Because when I see you, I see myself, and they know that. That's right. I see myself. You know. So. Yes. And you know, one of the things that they say in, um, I think, in the science of recovery, um, is that one of the biggest agents of change, helping other people change. Is the relationship that they have with the provider or with people who are supportive. And as we know, people coming out of prison also, for that matter, when they have these strong, pro-social, positive relationships with people in the community, they have a stronger chance of not returning to the behaviors that took them to prison. So, I mean, you talking, you hitting all the bells and whistles, bro, you know, from your story, you know. But tell me this, why you were incarcerated, how did you see yourself once you got out? What did you see for yourself returning to the community? How did you see yourself living? Uh, 
Well, when I was incarcerated, I seen myself. Now, when I was doing the cycles of incarceration, I seen myself getting out doing the same thing. I wanted to get out and sell drugs. This last time I got out, I said, um, I'm, I'm grown. I don't have nowhere to go. So while I was in there, when I wanted to do right, I started reaching out to halfway houses. When people would come in, I would reach out, talk to them. Hey, I don't have nowhere to go. Do y'all know any places? I started reaching out. I started um, asking for my heart, screaming out for help. But I started taking steps, talking to the social worker in prison. Do you know any halfway houses somewhere I can go to let me stay a little while, get me a job, save some money? Mm-hmm. I started doing things of that nature. Um, I started being more proactive during my last sentence. I started being more proactive and asking for help while I was in there. I didn't know if I was gonna make it. I didn't know I'd be where I was at now. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I needed help. And mm-hmm. a lot of times programs or people would mention certain stuff and I ear hustle. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got that going. Oh, let, let me go check that out. Yep. And I start taking the initiatives and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That ear hustle is heavy, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, that's what I started doing. I applied yeah. for a lot of different places and just started. That's done. I was like, man, I got to get some help. I didn't know how I was going to make it. I just knew mm-hmm. I said I'd be homeless when I get out. I didn't really know how I'd make it, but I started taking initiative. And you know what? A lot of resources was I raised there in prison, but I never didn't want to really change. So I didn't mm-hmm. never grab hope. Somebody might have said something that didn't even print my conscience because, man, I ain't, that's what y'all doing. I ain't yeah. trying to, you know. Yeah. But now I started using the resources that mm-hmm. was actually always there. Mm-hmm. And that's something right there too, man, that you hit. You know, two things in that one that one uh, description you shared. And one was, you know, I started tapping into resources that were there. You know, I start asking I start ear hustling. I start following up on leads. I was taking the initiative all while I was inside. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of brothers don't take the time to get it right when they inside and they keep finding sure. themselves falling behind when they get out and going back in. And so mm-hmm. preparing to get out starts on the inside. Preparing to stay out begins on the inside. And mm-hmm. I think it's a double inside thing because it begins on the inside of the penitentiary, but then mm-hmm. it also begins on the inside of my head, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because I got to think right, you know? Yeah, and if I'm in the penitentiary, right. I don't have as many distractions as I'm going to have when I get to the community. So let me get my thinking right. And like mm-hmm. you said, there's resources inside the penitentiary. They may not be many, but they there. They're there, yeah, they're there. Yeah. It makes me think of that old saying that when, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the truth. You know, that's the truth. What we that's need is truth. around. We just got to be looking. Yeah. You know? We, we got to be, yep, yeah, that's the truth. When we look that's for it, we'll find it. You know what? We'll find it. What do you say? I say, no, you're exactly right. If you're looking for it, you'll find it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think what it, uh, is it is it biblical? I think um, if you ser- seek, you shall find. Seek, you find. Yeah, yeah, I think that's biblical too, right? Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, yeah, yeah. That's dope, man. It's dope. I'm really enjoying our conversation, man. And it's just like straight, and it's painting a nice picture for anybody that's gonna mm-hmm. listen to this, man. You know, so, yeah, it's gonna be great. So, what are you doing now? And how long? Um, you- I'm a community. Yeah, I've been out uh, for seven years now. I started doing a principal specialist. I got my 
Um, I'm a registered I'm a registered substance abuse counselor for the state of North Carolina, nice. and I'm a peer support specialist. I'm a community inclusion specialist with Mr. Sharif Brown. So I'm yeah. helping guys mm-hmm. um, that's previously incarcerated. I'm mm-hmm. also a rap facilitator, which is a wellness recovery action plan, which is rap is a wellness plan that can be implemented for anyone on drugs, weight loss, whatever the situation may be. Mm-hmm. I implement this rap plan. And get you um get you um, certified with rap, and also get your wellness back and um up to par. And I'm also an NCI instructor, um the National Crisis in, uh, Prevention. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people they want to be able to de-escalate situations mm-hmm. um, for group homes and stuff. You know how they need to know how to defend themselves. So yeah. I do that as well. So um, I just got some had some um, doing some classes now. So. Very, um, it's been very productive from that perspective and yeah. impacting guys' life that's coming out in, um, coming out of prison. I'm doing that as well. Yeah. So, all around, I'm actually everything that I'm doing is sitting around impacting people just like myself, yes, sir. Everybody that came and they might have, have different backgrounds, different races, but I'm, I'm, I'm if, if you got a, if you got an issue, hey man, I want to help, yeah. Yeah, substance abuse, mental health, incarceration, yeah. and depression, yeah. whatever. Whatever, yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm doing now. It's been, it's been good, man. You yeah. know, I never thought I could do this stuff and actually get paid for it. You know? How about I mean, that? You, you impact stuff. You know, you, it's like, kind of like an NBA player. I don't make as much money as them, but they're doing what they love. Right. I'm doing something that I love to do, and I'm also there to take care of my family, yeah. my kids, and stuff like that. And I'm like, and I don't, and I haven't got my degree yet. So, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of times in my day, you're like, you didn't finish high school. You'll never be nothing. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. you know. That's what I kind of well. You didn't finish high school, in which I want to go back and get it when the time is right. But I'm like, man, I'm able to do this with my GED. That's the only thing I got in prison. Mm-hmm. I got my GED in prison, and I would have never thought they would propel me. I got it when I was well, 18 or 19 during my first six year sentence. Mm-hmm. I got my GED, and that GED, I nothing, nothing that. I'm doing now, I could do without that GED because okay. everybody wants you to have that GED to be, you know, certified with the state. You got to have some type of form of education. So. Some sort of paperwork. Yeah, some type of paperwork, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope, man. It's really um, encouraging to hear you talk about that, too. And I know you're going to go back to school and get some sort of degree, an associate's yes, master's or master's, because I heard you say, yeah. I ain't got my degree yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means I'm going. It just ain't the time. I'm going to get my degree. Yeah. yeah. But interesting, you mentioned that, though. I was watching the news last night, and they were saying a lot of employers across the country now are not requiring people to have college degrees because they realize that so many people are skilled, educated, and they don't have college Mm -hmm. degrees, but they got so much skill, so much experience, you know? Yeah, and you know the workforce is kind of down too. A lot of the people with the COVID happened. A yeah. lot of people are not, you know, they grab they grab they didn't. A lot of people open their own businesses. That's true. A lot of people, you know, they they, they start working for that. I know a lot of guys myself. I'm like, hey, they doing food trucks. You know, mm-hmm. they doing other stuff. So mm-hmm. a lot of people stopped working. Hey, because they had to earn a way to survive and just started working for themselves during COVID. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah and it was. Uh, Quite a few write-ups on that too. People working for themselves during COVID. 
And one of the things you also mm -hmm. mentioned, you know, about working in that correlates so close with me and my my ideology or beliefs is that sort of like a professional athlete, though I don't get that kind of money, I'm doing the work that I love to do. Uh, help yeah. people who've been through stuff like me. Help people. Yeah. Like and that's what I do yeah. too. Man. So that really resonates. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, I feel really fortunate to be able to do the work that I do. I yeah, that's I'm qualified to probably do more work and get more yeah. pay, but I'm like, this is the work I'm supposed to be doing. That wow. pay, it's about helping mm -hmm. the people. That's the people. pay, right there. That's the pay right there. That's mm -hmm. the pay. Building mm -hmm. those relationships, I have got so many guys I built relationships mm -hmm. with that call on me that that's successful now. And actually, if I needed anything, hey. I mean, they wouldn't mean that it's like, hey, Mr. James, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I just do the relationships and being there and seeing them propel and seeing them living a uh, comfortable life and also sustaining their wellness. Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, dang. I'm like, wow. So, it's yeah. that's very, that's very um, encouraging to myself when I look at stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's encouraging to me. Yeah, it makes us want to keep doing the work. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. And so, you know, when you think about your whole journey from the time you start going to prison or juvenile justice and, you know, your recent um, release seven years ago, six and a half years ago or so, and where you are today in your life, if you were able to capture your journey in a title or catchphrase, what would it say? Change within your reach. Change within your reach. Say more about that. What does that mean for you? Yeah, um, change. I say change within your reach because it was a lot of change right in my reach, and I mm. just wouldn't grab it. Mm. I had a lot of people. My family had a lot of people that was there. It changed was right there. I just wouldn't reach. I, ain't grab it. I had mm. a lot of people. You know, I had one of my Muslim brothers uh, in Western Salem. When he was in there, he was like, hey, man, I'm out. He done got drawn the miles and everything. He was like, hey, this is, hey, come on out, man. He done had everything signed up for me. I was like, nah, man, because I still wanted to, you know, hustle and do the other stuff. So I had so many different people. Mm. And so many, it was change all around me. Mm. And I just never want to reach out. Mm. And I believe a lot of, I have seen other guys where people encourage them. And I believe if they do the, took that, chance, that change and reached out, those people was going to help them. But at the same time, it can be right thing, right, right thing. Um, change can be right within your reach, mm -hmm. but it's up to that individual to grab yeah. hold to. Yeah, yeah, gotta have that hope, gotta have that faith, mm -hmm. gotta have that trust, and gotta have that desire. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's heavy. Change within your reach. I like that. Mm -hmm. too. And so, one other thing, I, I, a couple other things, as we coming up on about eight minutes of time left together, um. But one other thing, if you could go back and talk to a young James, what would you tell him? What would be a key piece of advice you'd give him? God, that's a good question. Wow, <laughs> a young James. Oh, if I can go back and talk to a young James, mm -hmm. 
If I can go back and talk to you, Reverend James, I encourage him and say, um, if you're going to be connected with someone, be connected with someone that's going to inspire you to not commit crimes. Mm -hmm. If people are going to be in your circle, mm -hmm. have people that's talking positive because mm -hmm. you want to look to, towards your future. You don't want to look up to guys that's drug dealers. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want them to be your role models. You want people that's going to have a longevity and success without a future in criminal activity. Mm -hmm. Do you have anybody in your life like that? If you don't, I want to be that person. I, mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I, want, I want to be the person that you can look up to, that you won't have to look up to guys hustling and selling drugs and to make money. It's other ways to make money. You want to run a business? I help you do that. Hmm. You want to run a business? I help you do. I help you create an LLC. You got a, a vision? Want a five hundred one c three? I help you do the paperwork. Paperwork. I walk you through it. I want you to know it's another way, and hmm. I want to be here to help you. I hmm. want to be here to help you, and just like that's all. Because I was young, James. I looked up to people that was in my in my that was. I looked up to guys that were hustlers that hmm. made money, and I was like, hmm. that was the way. But the system, I wanted to have a better life. My mother's going through, my sisters going through. I want to have a better life. I just didn't have nobody that helped me implement my vision. Like I, I wanted to help juveniles, like people that was like me as I got older. I said, I wouldn't mind doing it. crossed my mind. I said, I wouldn't mind doing it after that first bid. Mm -hmm. I got out, I was 23. Mm. But I, I said, I want to get out of hell. But when it got close, I didn't have nobody that was alive. I didn't have nobody really there, but it, it hit me back then. Mm -hmm. But I got back out and I started hustling. But if I would have had somebody with I didn't have a male figure in my life that was mm -hmm. really positive. Yeah. I didn't have a male figure in my life. All the, every, all my male figures was, you know, that was in the streets. Mm -hmm. So if I can talk to a young James, mm -hmm. yeah, and I encourage him um, if it's anyone, and if it's not, and um, and if he didn't have anyone, if it's someone that I may knew that can take that time, mm -hmm. you don't have a lot of men that's do it. I got one of my brothers now. He's doing a men coalition. Mm -hmm. They coming together. And helping young guys and being a mentor in their life, just young men, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm, th that's a great movement. Absolutely. I believe having people that are really sincere. You ain't doing nothing. You just doing this. You got to be convicted. You doing this out of straight love. Cause this young man need. And I'm the type. I would look up to people. Mm -hmm. If I would have somebody like you, mm -hmm. and I were young, I would have looked up to you. I just didn't have nobody. You know, you know, nobody really cared about my well-being mm. and me being a productive citizen of society mm -hmm. according to the laws of the, the, the mm -hmm. you know, the country and the city and the state and stuff. Yeah. That sounds so very similar in re, in many regards to my own thoughts and background and hindsight. I had men in my life, but they weren't consistent. They weren't mm -hmm. there consecutively you know, all the time. So I fell victim to the, the hustlers in the neighborhood, the drug dealers, the robbers, mm -hmm. the, the negative mm -hmm. imagery on, on television and movies and newspapers, yeah. you know, and there was, though there was black men around saying, look, you can be better than this. I didn't have that continued guidance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I had the guidance, but then it dropped off. And then when yeah. it dropped off, that's when I started going crazy. Then they come and try mm -hmm. to put the guidance on me. But now, you know, the, I'm way out here, you know, you can't really see right, where you're yeah. at, you know, and they're trying to bring me back in, but I was too far gone. Yeah. 
I was too far gone. That's what happened to me too. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So if people want to reach you, James, how can people reach you? Um, they can they can call me. My phone number is 910-474-3192. Mm-hmm. Um, I have different things signed up. I have my rap facilitator, NCI, any type volunteer. If it's anybody young mm-hmm. that you know they have a child, someone mm-hmm. that has some similar experiences that what we talked about, mm-hmm. I would love. I love the I love the um be a relationship with kids with kind of my background, you know, mm-hmm. and be a volunteer. I know I can't take on a whole lot, but at least two or three young men, if I can change their life, mm-hmm. I do everything that I can. Not only be my wife and just getting that exposure with the parents' consent. That's mm-hmm. what I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind doing that to be there because it's needed. Right on, right on. Okay, that works. Actually, my wife has been telling me to do that. Mm-hmm. She be like, "Can my kids get old?" She be like, "Won't you just start this?" I'm like, "Wow!" So when she's saying, "I'm like, mm. Mm. then when she because when she's in agreement with it, I'm mm-hmm. like, well, if she's in agreement and she's gonna promote it." Yeah, yeah. I said. So if I got her. And then I said, man, I said, it's time to, it's time to go. So it's crazy that you had asked that, but I said, it's time for me. I don't know what's on my path, but yeah. my wife just told me last week. She said, once you get a group of young men and start doing something on the week, once you start doing it, like, I said, wow. So that's what mm-hmm. I really want to do. So, hey. She dropped a seed on you. She dropped yeah. a seed on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always tell other men, I say, um, you know, our wives help us become better men. When we have good wives in our life, we become better men. You do. Is there any email that somebody could email you at? Yes, sir. It's, um, can I put it in the chat or just say it? J- just say it because folks not okay. going to see it in the chat. Okay. J Smith, the letter J, J Smith 27 at cheerful.com. At cheerful? Yes, sir. C H E E R F U L dot com. J Smith at cheerful.com. Yes, sir. Right on, man. Yo, James, it's been a pleasure having you. You know, I think that this is going to be um, definitely inspirational to anybody that listens to it. And I want to wish you continued success as you move forward. You too, Mr. Wiley. You have a blessed day. Thank you so much, dear brother. Now, brother, don't go anywhere. Please don't. Okay. uh, I'll edit the rest of this out. We got about okay. two minutes left. Um, I'm just going to stop. What's up, y'all? Thanks for listening to the Prison to Promise podcast. If you or someone you know would like to share your story, please contact me by email at drcraigwaleed at gmail.com on LinkedIn and Instagram at Dr. Craig Walid and on Twitter at Craig Walid. I hope to hear from you. Be well. Peace.